Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence, learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create your reality in a way that's true to yourself. We are starting today's show in Northwest Arkansas. I think this might be my first caller from Arkansas, and I am looking very forward to speaking with Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Molly. Thanks for having me. So fantastic. I am keen to hear what's on your mind, challenging conversation or sensitive situation. <laughs> well, I am uh, in the midst of a, of a job search and am uh, looking aggressively. I'm one of those guys who's I've worn many hats, done general management, P&L ownership, brand management, marketing strategy, um, digital transformation, even done some M&A integration. And uh, what I find is that when people see my resume, they often say to me, look, I love your resume. It's so amazing. What a great journey. And then they follow up with, I have no idea what to do with it. And that breadth and depth of experience, uh, which I think makes me a better business leader generally and also a better functional business leader, uh, confuses people and uh, <laughs> sometimes throws me out because they can't figure figure it out. So um, is that controversial enough for you? <laughs> I, I am so grateful for your be- bringing this to the fore. And I talk to a lot of people, Jeff, who have a similar situation. And in fact, quite a few friends I'm working with right now. So thank you for bringing it up. And I'm excited for you to be in a creative place. Uh, finding a, a great fit for you. So um, I think a lot of what listeners on the show hear is, you know, the situation is what it is and how we approach it to a great deal uh, affects how we feel about it and how others feel about us. And so I'm sensing, you know, some positivity and a you know, chance to create. And so I really want to encourage you to look at it through that lens. And it's a real privilege to, to think about doing something new. So <laughs> well, it is. It, it is, and I, uh, I absolutely believe I'm a I'm a true optimist, and I absolutely believe that the right fit is out there, and the right company um, will will present itself. And 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 as frustrating as it can be when companies don't get that, that could be a benefit to them. Um, it's self-selecting, and those are usually companies that I realize. Um, aren't going to be thinking about things in a broad-minded way and probably aren't companies that I want to work for. Oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you to listeners who hear that. This is so great, Jeff, that you're looking at that for what it is, which is, hey, you know, they could be a great company, not a great fit for Jeff, and that's really great information. What we don't want is as important as figuring out what we do want. So, um I am curious in your, because it is, and I, I love to meet someone who's done M&A integration because it was a really fun part of my career. So that in and of itself says a lot <laughs> about you to me because it's super fun. So, uh, you know, I think of this as we have to own our part of it and understanding your non-negotiables 
from, you know, the environment and just kind of mechanics of work is a part of that. The, the notion of, um, you know, your genius, your superpower, like what is it that you love most to do? And it may be a few things, but could you share from that bucket, you know, what, what is it that you think is your superpower that you'd like to use? What kind of environment? I'd just love to hear a little bit about how you're thinking about it. Yeah, I love <clears throat> leading teams to do things that they didn't expect they could do. And that is everything from helping to create the strategic vision and then build alignment of that team around that strategic vision and then it help enable that team to accomplish that. And then finally, and not unimportantly, celebrate, uh, celebrate the achievements with that team. Um, I love to see people develop and grow, and I love to see the teams develop and grow. And, you know, I love that little bit of fear in their eyes of, oh, my God, how could we ever accomplish this? And see that change into the, wow, look what we did. I love it. I would imagine there's a lot of listeners thinking, we would like to work for him. So that's, that's really <laughs> fabulous. And do you have, uh, and it's fine not to, but particular industries that you are looking at? I'm just curious. You know, I'm a little industry agnostic, which I know also frustrates people when I say that. Um, I've done retail, e-commerce, CPG, uh, food and beverage, health and wellness, um, and I could certainly go back to all that, but I'm, and, and for the right position, I would, but I'm, I'm a little more sort of future fo- focused, um, looking for tech enabled sorts of companies. And, uh, so, you know, what would be a great sweet spot is where they, you know, they could leverage all that I bring from those past experiences, but also help me grow and develop in a more future forward way. Yeah, I and I appreciate that general sense and then I can see how folks just look at you and they're like, okay, what? So, you know, this is where creativity needs some constraints to to get started. So I might offer giving yourself permission to think about some things that are more specific and how do you create um a storyline for that. And let's just say there's three very different ways you could go, Jeff, and I'm just making up that number. Um, But the ability to start to drill down because it's a different set of networks that you would go into. It's a different story about other things that you pull up from your vast experience that you would highlight. And, And putting yourself in their shoes, these different places will have different problems, right? And so where... You know, I think that you're a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. I can see you could do a lot of things, right? But you want to find sure. where are the pain points, right, that, that all of a sudden you're like, wow, this guy can really help us with a big pain point that we have. Doesn't mean you don't do a lot of other things, but you got to figure out right. what's the, the thing that opens the door. And um, I do, and I have, you know, I've been in that situation myself where I'm very open. It, you just have to if you will, for a bit, narrow the aperture on a few sure. things and and let it rip. And 
you know, that networking part, you know, I have a, quite a few folks who've gone through some of the more online submitting and it's really soul sucking that process. So, right, everyone <laughs> that I've who's had a lot of success has said to me, you know what, it's, it's all about these people and you, you have, I can tell you're a people person. Um, you know the people who get you, who would vouch for you and having a very um, high integrity approach to your networking um, is, I have found personally to be super, super effective. Um, and that gets into execution mode, you know, versus strategy mode. So let me just pause there. I've said a lot. What's landing for you? Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. I, um, and, and, and you may be right that I need to be a little bit more selective in the actual industry. I've left that open and defined other things a little tighter because maybe it's because I grew up first as a brand management marketer. Um, but a good marketer can market anything, right? A widget is a widget is a widget. A service is a service is a service. It's all about can you identify what are the unmet needs with that customer and the pain points? Can you figure out how your product can deliver those better than anybody else in a way to differentiate it? And can you communicate that with the customer so that they understand to come to you <clears throat> first? And so I think that those skills are, you know, definitely um, uh, relevant for almost any industry. I will say this, though. I'm looking for leadership roles in growth companies looking to shake up their industries and um, looking to change the world by doing that, even if that world is not the big macro world. Maybe it's just their little sliver of the world that they focus on. Um, excuse me. And, uh, and, and, and so maybe that helps. The other thing is, is that I've done both B2B and B2C, but I also know that I prefer the B2C, so that would probably be another way that I would start limiting myself in. Well, I love it. I love what you've already honed in. So B2C, one, boom, other stuff goes away. And growth companies, leader, shifting. So the acquirers are doing it differently. And let's be honest, that is not necessarily the longest list. A lot of folks might say that. So it strikes me as your ability to start to target who are the folks moving, shaking it up. And then there is a chance to say, well, that's a company I relate to. And then you go crazy with your network and say, who knows somebody there? So there's a way yep. to reverse engineer that, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I know it's, it, it, there is, there does need to be that driver for change. I've never had anybody tell me, wow, we have too many great people. You know, we have so many great people. I want to <laughs> let go of somebody. No one has ever said that to me. Right. However, they're always kind of looking for solving a problem and your ability, since you're such a target marketer to be able to hone in on that, Jeff, and to create a very relevant, specific story for that. And this is where, and I learned this the hard way, when you're too flexible, too open, it can look not committed. It can look not committed. So, you know, I think there's a, a balancing act there. And the relational part is really, 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 really big, right? So the ability to have people vouch for you, 
you know, like uh, I'm part of the Lucky Club, having had a lot of people who, you know, have been really kind, really generous, really supportive of me, right? I mean, I, I work hard, all that good stuff, but a lot of people do. And so I really do encourage um, balancing the who can vouch for me and how do you have a very methodical approach to the network and, you know, just like m a have a structure for how you're doing your informational interviews, what it is you're looking for, what doors can they open. And this is a bit like working out when you do the work, the process, the results will come. So I, I just want to encourage, it may seem a little like ugh, marathon running, but I think the one foot in front of another and keep going will undoubtedly, you know, will, will get you there. And just, you know, it just, uh, the thing I think can be hard is it can get a little bit, um, you know, your self-esteem can take a little bit of a punch sometimes if you're not getting the interest that you want or it's not, you know, you may go through some interviews and they, they don't go there. So that's just about keeping yourself high. How's that landing? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think you're all very correct. I think at the level that I'm looking for my next role, most of those jobs aren't advertised. I think that it's only going to come through networking. Um, and that's where I've been focusing the bulk of my time. And frankly, uh, on the company, I do think that that is a good strategy to go figure out who those companies are and go after and target. But uh, I also think that my next job is probably going to come from a company that I've never heard of before. And really the way that you find that is back to your point of networking. Um, And then at that point, it becomes a numbers game of are you talking to enough people to where you can actually find that right fit um, and they can find you? Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it, Jerry, I appreciate just you're so, you're looking at it so sanely. The, um, the part about the Jeff story, <laughs> yeah, the, the Jeff story is something I would encourage, which is, you know, again, based on the space, this is, you know, who you are and, and, you know, I have a passion and purpose statement that just defines who I am. And so I think finding a way to help people in the first few sentences get a sense of who you are and what you stand for. And this is the purpose work. Um, I heard you think about like change the world doing, you know, you're not just there to kind of get a job, get it 10% better each year, you know, call victory. So I'm sensing you want more. And I think Jeff, the courage to package that in a way and be forthright with that will also bring you to the relatively smaller slice of folks that I think really want to go there. Um, and, sure. and, you know, so, so give yourself permission to, to stay high and be true to that. And, and sensing that you've got, you know, you've got the experience and the results to back it up and help people see how you're, you know, you're a solution for whatever the, their problem is and, and a, in a really compelling way. Well, I, I think that's completely fair. And, and, and just another aside, you know, I've wanted to change the world in big ways and small ways my entire life. I, that's why I joined the Peace Corps right out of college. Um, <laughs> so, um, so definitely want to be a, a leader in an organization that is doing that, even if it's only in the way that only the other people in their industry would understand. But it's ultimately moving human evolution forward. So this, thank you for sharing that. And would you say more for our listeners, just so they have 
um, some context. What what moved you to join the Peace Corps? What is it you thought you gained most out of it? And how has that impacted you as a leader? Um, well, it was right out of college, and I figured that I, I wanted to give back to the world. I had grown up upper middle class and had a, a very good life to that point, and I wanted a way to give back. But I also wanted, which I found out later was key towards even getting accepted in the Peace Corps, I wanted the adventure and to be put in an uncomfortable situation for that growth and development. And the Peace Corps was actually looking for people to say that there was something in it for them um, before they would let you go. Because if you said you were only there for others, um, they didn't feel like you would have the wherewithal to actually stay. Um, um, So those are the things that were kind of driving me. And I ended up in the Central African Republic, which was assigned to me, which I knew nothing about. And it was sort of the Peace Corps of the Peace Corps in some ways. It's, it's one of the 10 poorest countries in the world. It's living in a mud hut, no electricity, no plumbing, uh, a whole out back. And living among people that truly had nothing. You know, when we think of people who are poor in our own country, um, they still would be considered wealthy where I was. Um, and just trying to connect around ideas. When I did my training, it was in Cameroon. I was living with a Muslim bachelor. This is pre 9-11. And he and I would have late night conversations in broken French, um, my broken French. And uh, one day he just looked at me in the eye and said, I guess because we had built enough trust. He said, why do Americans hate us? <laughs> and I said, we don't. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to hear that perspective and truly understand why he thought that and why that was pervasive in that part of the world among his community. And to also show him we weren't all that he had seen on TV. I don't know if I answered all your questions. Yeah, it pretty much does. That's fabulous and great for you as a young person to go there. And I encourage you... Um, sharing that about your journey and um, I think that's very differentiating Jeff and I think that that's a real that's something that helps people you know in business I always say the number one thing holding people back is we don't empathetically understand each other we don't know what it's like in each other's shoes Um, and as a young person you certainly have modeled that you were willing to go there Um, and that's uh, a big part of leading my friend so um we thank you for sharing that. I'm I'm pretty moved by that. I would love to hear after our little conversation if you have a particular top takeaway from our chat. Uh, <laughs> well, I I think ultimately you've re- helped reinforce some things that I was already working on. The networking, I think, tightening up the story is always important, and I will continue to try to do that. But I. I think the thing that I want to go back and put some pen to paper on is the personal mission statement uh, that you mentioned that you have and that helps sort of not just guide you, but also helps explain you to others quickly and succinctly. Uh, I believe that that could be 
that could be helpful in this journey. That's fantastic. You know how to reach me, my friend. I'm here to help you uh, in any way. I know that the future is bright. Uh, I really appreciate your taking time to call in, and I thank you, Jeff, for being part of the solution. You take good care. Thanks. You do the same, Molly. Thanks for having me. Ciao, ciao. Bye. So exciting. Okay, we're going to head to upstate New York. We all know that Molly loves upstate New York. I am very charged up to have Andrew on the show. Andrew, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. Well, I am thrilled uh, to have a fellow lover of upstate. I hope you love it upstate. I guess I'm presuming. Do you love it upstate? I do. Yes. Beautiful. Good. Excellent. We love that. Uh, Okay, what uh, is on your mind today? Well, so I recently started a new job leading a uh, function for a large unit within a complex organization. Uh, So it's, there's a lot of of getting to know people, getting to know how things work. Um, And one thing that I've, I've come to realize and that I'm struggling a bit with, and I thought maybe you could help with is that I think one of the members on my fairly lean team is in a job or has a job title that seems pretty out of alignment with their skill set. And so they're a bit of a generalist. And I think over time, additional functions uh, were placed on their shoulders just for lack of a better option. But now they're leading some key strategic areas that we really need to, to level up in. And they're a hard worker. They're a skilled worker. It's not that their performance has been poor. They've just been put in a certain position. Uh, And so I need to figure out how to shift their focus and encourage them to give some things up, perhaps. Um, But I'm also worried about negatively impacting their their morale in the process, because I don't want to do that. Um, So I'm struggling with sort of how to have that conversation. Okay, I really appreciate this, because we always want folks, you know, right people in the right seats on the bus for everyone's benefit. So I appreciate your seeing the disconnect. Could you share a bit more for us? What would you like to have happen? So the title seems out of alignment with their skill set. Is there a need to change the title? Are we trying to build up the skill set? Just help me with a sense of what success looks like. Yeah, I think success would look like this person, well, maybe maybe that's a good place to start because maybe I need to understand their openness to trying to build their skill set. This is an older employee who, uh, my sense is that they're not a particularly ambitious employee. So my my sense is that the most likely, most effective solution would be uh, focusing on the skills that they do have, which would mean a change in title and a, a shift in some duties and have them just really focus in the areas where they're strong, which is uh, maybe about 40%, 50% of what they do now. Got it. Got it. Okay, that's very helpful. So this is um, the first opportunity, I would say, is the, the shared reality of the situation with nothing personal um, and, and getting to that. Um, so that I call that on the same page. And I appreciate your, the, the sense, and, I'm, and, and you may very well be right, about 
whether the person wants to lean into growing or not. However, we want to try to lose all that and stay very neutral and objective and let the person fill in those blanks. And sometimes, you know, our intuition, our judgment isn't right. And so we want to kind of give space because we would never want someone to think well, we weren't interested in growing when in fact we really were. So I just want to pause there. Is that landing okay? Yes. And that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, and, we, and especially since one of the goals is that we want them to, to know that they're a valued and member of the team and a, right. an important right. member of the team. Yeah, great. So this conversation starts with something, and you're new, so this is so super, and a new relationship with a person. So imagine you know, you're the boss. So for the person, it can be a little bit, could be a little bit intimidating. So you just want to make sure you're owning that creation of safe space for the person. And that ability to own it saying, wow, I'm so new to this role. And um, I've been really, you know, although we've only been together for however long, I, I really appreciate what I'm seeing you do. Authentic acknowledgement of what you're seeing done well, right? Not overdone, but just um, open and, and setting a tone of I'm, I'm here as a partner. And then, you know, as someone who's, you know, has the privilege of working with this team, one of the things I want to do is help everyone on the team. So you're not just calling out this person, right? Be in the right role, equipped with the right skills to crush the job so that we all succeed wildly. There's an intention statement. Okay, Andrew? And then it says, so I wanted to talk something through with you because I'm seeing some things that might be a little bit of a disconnect. And I know that, you know, we can get this to a great place. So you've introduced a little bit of a disconnect, which is not a great word, right? There's a disconnect. However, you're also saying, I know that we can work through it. So there's a sense of confidence and there's nothing to be afraid of. And then I might, you know, depending on how, what the job or what you're noticing, say a few observations I've had about this role and what's needed to be successful in the role. This is where I would keep it generic, not you're doing this, right? And do we agree? Great. You know, I'd love to get your sense. How do you think you're doing on those particular roles, functions? And I often like to do the number thing. So I got it. If a 10 was you're crushing it, you know, let's call him Steve. Steve, how would you rate yourself and how you're executing on that? And I just want to have an open conversation because I want to make sure that, you know, I'm helping you be super successful. So that whole energy of support and wanting to kind of get on the same page, you have a conversation and your goal is to help them see what you're seeing. And then they say this, right? Mm -hmm. So let me just pause there. How does that general approach land for you? Yeah, the, the general approach is is good. I think one thing I wonder about is I think there's a good chance that, you know, their number and my number might might have a significant gap just because of their sense of their, their lack of expertise in the job means that they are sort of, I think from their perspective, performing at sort of, if not maximum capacity, near maximum capacity. But it's just a foreign function to them. Perfect. So this is great. Ah, he said he says nine. Nine. Say a little bit more about nine. Okay. Then this is where it's very helpful because you're not saying, you know, you're bad. You're saying, for me, I would rate it a four. Pause. Four. Like, oh my God, four. And here's why. Not for lack of effort, Steve. It's because of this. So you're using that as an excuse to kind of clarify what great looks like. Mm-hmm. And if you see a little bit of defensiveness happening, so you want to read the emotional state of Steve, 
Steve, just so you know, not here to make anyone bad or wrong. I know you're, you have amazing, uh, you know, you've done amazing work and there's way more amazing work in the future. I just want to make sure we're on the same page because that's how we're going to win together. Right? So I just need you to know that, Steve. This is all done in the spirit of me ensuring that we're helping you do your best work. So you talk that through. Okay, so the job's going to require this. Are you with me, Steve? Yeah, yeah, okay. So here's the thing. I, I can appreciate that. Well, I've never had a chance to do that. Totally get it. I really appreciate how, you know, the organization asked you to do all these things and you stepped up. And that's on us, right? We really, we really, I need to figure out a way. How, how can we help you do that if that's something you want to do? And that's very open. Do you, do I, well, okay, I sense some hesitation. What's, what's going on with the hesitation? Well, I'm not sure I can do it. Okay, well, what if we could help you with, you know, whether it's training or coach or what have you? What would you think about that? Okay, great. So now, now he, that person's ready, willing to be coached up into the job. That's one scenario. We would love that, right? Mm-hmm. To yeah, the, your point, let's say the person's like, eh, not so. Okay, I'm seeing some hesitation. Listen, this is okay. It's all a choice. The thing is, the way the title is actually scoped right now, Steve, requires these kinds of functions. So this is where, again, it's a generic wording, not you're not doing these things, you're not that title. You kind of, you have to be kind of smart about when you use the title or when you use the name, okay? So to do the right thing, and we would, as you can imagine, at our organization, we want folks to be at the right level. That's what we need to do. That would mean the title would be blank, blank, blank. And these are some of the the. Um, implications of that if there are salary implications or what have you so you're just educating right now you're very neutral and then you you share with steve so steve what are you what are you what's going on for you what are you hearing and see where the person is you don't have to make a big decision because you've dumped set up set a lot you know what are you hearing Okay, uh, what would you like to do? So you're giving them the option. Well, I'd like to think about it. I'm game on. I'd like to go for it. What have you. Say super. Again, let me pause there. How's that flow going? Yeah, no, that that all sounds, uh, it sounds very doable when when you lay it out that way. I think the the concern, obviously, is that it's a, it's a new, I'm, I'm really the only new person to this team that's been together for a long time, so I just want to make sure I get the conversation right. So, and I appreciate that. Know that that's a real privilege to be new. And you just saying, hey, I'm the new person on the block. I know that I need all of you to help me ramp up. Uh, and I also don't want to not take a, the advantage of being new because, you know, new people see things differently. So whenever we have a fear, Andrew, the great thing is being transparent of it and then seeing how what, what might seem like it's a negative, but in fact, it can be a real positive. It's the vice virtue switch. Mm-hmm. Right. And I always encourage new folks. There's, you know, you can use, oh, it's a stupid question. I'm new, whatever it is. Because folks who've been around the block a long time, it's really hard to see anything differently, right? The teams are doing things the way they've been doing it forever because they've been doing it away forever. And it's such a great opportunity to say, gosh, I'm wondering, this is really, I'm really finding this very curious as opposed to why do you guys do it this way? What a dumb way to do it. Not that you would ever do that, but you see, you see the difference in how that might land for folks. 
And I think that if, if you know, I'm sensing you're new kid on the block. If you want to re-energize, I think it's an opportunity is to be, to show some vision, you know, to my the last caller, you know, say, hey, this is, uh, it, I joined here because I see like incredible upside and a chance to, you know, take this to a whole nother level. And in doing so, you know, we could be real heroes for the organization. And, you know, People want to be part of something bigger than they are. You know, they want to be part of something that, that only a group of people can do together. And, you know, as the leader of the group, you have a real privilege to create that excitement. Um, you know, you heard the previous caller, do the unexpected, do the impossible sort of thing. So, so let's just pause on this. And it sounds like, it might sound great while I'm saying it. How do you feel? Scale of one to 10, Andrew, how equipped do you feel like you could go into this conversation? Yeah, I would, I would say I'm at an eight or so, um, which is, I think, I mean, it just, it's been, it's helpful to sort of think it through because I really think either way, like you're saying, it really is offering opportunity, right? So it's either an opportunity to grow a skill set or an opportunity to focus on strengths. Um, it's not, I think you're right, to, I think I just need to practice some of my wording on keeping it neutral and making sure it doesn't suggest anything about performance or the value in the team member. Um, and so those two things, just as a pause, performance and team member. So again, being transparent. Steve, I just want to be upfront. This is not about performance. This is right, a, a validation of how uh, well you're doing and, and your contribution. So just put it right out there. If there's anything that you're worried about, you flip that into a positive right out of the get-go. And the number one thing, the number one thing that will influence how this starts is not the exact wording, it's actually the energy that you come forth with. I call this the meta skill. So let's just say, understandably, you might be a little bit nervous, a little bit of apprehension, totally valid. However, that will completely come through to Steve. So, your ability, as you said, I'm creating opportunity. I'm doing the right thing for the team. This is going to help us all be better. That, hope, game on, positive, solution-oriented. One's boss comes to you like that, you're like, wow, this is great. <laughs> Someone gave me a great compliment once. They said, you know, you can say bad news and like, we like hearing it. So uh, I just want to offer the, the number one thing. You know, don't get over-obsessed with each and every word. But your genuine intention in caring, and I sense that you're caring, ensure that that comes through. And then sometimes when we are a little nervous, we can speed up a little and start to kind of get into monologue a bit. Just bite the tongue till it bleeds if you need to so that the person can interact with you. You know, I've said a lot, actually. What are you hearing? How's that landing? What's, is this making sense, right? So you're, you're going back and forth. And that is a spirit of partnership. So that's also one of the energies is when someone comes to you, you can tell when it's command and control, you don't have any choice. And you can tell when it's collaborative and partnering and how the person approaches you. And I know that might sound a little squishy. So does that making sense? And, and feel free to push back if you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think that does make sense. And that's, 
uh, I, I think that I've, I've been a little bit delaying this conversation, both to get some things in place, um, but also to, uh, I think, a little bit to avoid coming off as the, the, the first perception, right, of the just sort of command and control, you have no choice. So I, I don't want them to, to get, I don't want the team to get that impression because uh, it is a collaboration. And um, and I think I think this person, well, I, I'm not, well, I guess we'll see, right? The conversation could go in a, multiple ways. But I, I don't, while I'm not sure if their desire to build up new skills, they are committed to the organization and they want to see it grow. And I, I think if framed as an opportunity with, an understanding that we're collaborating on this effort for the bet betterment of the organization, I think that they could probably actually more easily get on board with that now that we're talking this through than I had sort of imagined ahead of this conversation. Perfect. And take the pressure off of you. It's not You're not trying to get the person to do anything per se. The goal is showing that you're a partner and here to support the person. And the goal is getting an accurate sense of what the work to be done, how's it been going, and to get into a constructive conversation, right? There doesn't have to be a there, there. Get those three ingredients going, then you'll get to the outcome. And should the person respond in, let's say, a way you might think of as negative, rather than judge it, and it can be very tempting to judge it, do your best to say, hey, this is just information for me. This is information for how this person's responding. This is information for what this person likes or doesn't like. And, you know, again, I, I get it. We grew up in a very judging. You kind of have to decide is it good or it's bad. Try to keep yourself in a more neutral state to see it for what it really is. Um, and that can also take some pressure off of thinking, well, I didn't, I didn't get this outcome. And, and in this case, you know, it's a human being. So, you know, it's, it's, not, a, it's, not, it's not more art than science. And it sounds like it need not be one conversation. Ab, absolutely. There's no pressure on either of you. And I think that's this partnering thing. And to the extent that, and I just say this more broadly, there may have been times where as a leader, you were like, you know what, I should have done this sooner. So own it. You know, one thing, Steve, I would have done this a little bit sooner. And I'll be honest, I was a little bit afraid to, because I re and I realized now there was nothing for me to be afraid of. Be, be upfront, because that as a leader is showing some vulnerability. That's showing you being real. And when the leader shows that they're real, that's a great signal for the, the other folks to realize that they can be real. Yes. So, okay, so that's, uh, that's you know, I just want to take pressure, pressure off. And, and I focus on this a lot for leaders because I think the, I don't know, the stereotype might be always has the answers, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, Things are sort of always perfect. And you know, actually every, every leader I've had on the show is like, oh, my God, hardly the case. You know, it was not a foregone conclusion that this was going to work or what have you. And that is something that at an individual level does take some courage, does take some courage to be able to say, I don't really know. I did make a mistake. You know, it took me longer than I thought, but I've learned and here's why. And that is an individual thing that, that each leader um, has to to come to grips with for themselves. So first, before we tie a bow on this, how's that landing? This this uh, our little Steve scenario. We good? <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, I 
I, I'm feeling better about heading into it, which is good because I probably should be heading into it pretty soon. <laughs> That's awesome. One thing that might help, and this is what I encourage is, and so I would ask you, and not to put you on the spot, what are, what's an area of development or growth that you're working on? Well, let's see. Uh, well, one area that I'm working on specifically in this role, and I think that this is also part of being new and, you know, you, you start a new job and you need to get up to speed, also trying to make your mark, while also trying to figure out all these other life things. Um, and one area I'm trying to work on at the moment is just delegating more rather than feeling like I need to execute everything. Thank you for being up front about, uh, with that. And that's a very natural one because what got us here doesn't get us there. And typically as we're coming up the ranks, it's getting all that work done that got you there. And then you have to say, well, now I can't do the work. I have to let the work go. So I, I asked for two reasons. One is that, you know, for any leader, when you've got folks who are growing, it can kind of seem like, well, the other people need to grow. The leader doesn't. When you were actually saying, look, at, I have my areas of growth. And in this case, it's quite connected Andrew, so you say, hey, I really appreciate your stepping up, and let's just say this person wants to learn. I just want to share, you know, one of the things that's on my growth journey is I'm actually really keen to be delegating as much as I can. So they're like, wow, you're sharing that you have to work? Yeah, it's something that I'm working on. Of course, it's a very natural thing. And part of our conversation is enabling me to do my growth area. So now you're showing this interdependency. So it even deepens a sense of team and it makes you very real because you have areas that you're growing in, which, you know, at least every leader I work at has very clear on the things that they need to be growing on. None of us are, are in steady state. We always have things that we're working on. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. So well, we've said a lot. I, I was going to ask you for a top takeaway, but I sense you've got a lot going on in this, in this role. Anything else that you care to raise? Um, well, there, I mean, there, there are sort of so many issues that we could <laughs> dive into. It depends on how much time you have. Uh, one of the, I mean, one of the issues sort of that I just alluded to is how to do all these things at once when you're taking on a new role and you have just so much going on. Uh, you know, I've been working on prioritizing, but even uh, in addition to to trying to get work done, there's life that's happening at the same time, right? And it's also just a weird time to be trying to, with the pandemic and everything, trying to organize life outside of work and work. You know, we had to move and do all this stuff for this new job. So um, it's a lot naturally, but I think it feels particularly like a lot at the moment. And I just don't know if you have any thoughts on guiding through that sort of scenario. Yes, yes, that I, I've heard a lot of that. I appreciate your bringing it up. And uh, my heart is open to you because sometimes you feel like you want to do it all. You really do. And the, the reality is, folks, we can have it all in life. We cannot have it all at the same time. So um, I guess I'll use the fire hose uh, metaphor. It sounds like you've got stuff coming out at you um, all over the place. So I guess the first thing I would say is from your own self and self-care particularly now with the virus is just keeping our own immune system strong. And I have a, a very successful friend who's, whose motto is sleep is never a waste of time. So I get that there's some trade-offs. I just want to encourage you and all folks to just take, take what you need for you 
to stay healthy because that's no joke. And don't feel bad about it. And I guess there's a balancing act, but try to do your best to, to not overly compromise on the personal well-being stuff because that just doesn't help. And I, I know that's hard to do, but you can just give yourself permission to go there. Um, and a way to do that can be just transparency at um, work. You know, lots of times folks don't quite ex- don't understand your experience. Why would they know? And it can be like, I'm not trying to do with your boss. I'm not complaining at all. I just want you to know, here's what I got going on. I, I went through this kind of prioritization. There's so many hours in the day. I'm going to be very productive in them. Can you just validate for me that this these are the priorities? And I will get to these other things. It's just going to be uh, the next phase. So get alignment and support. Bosses don't want to have their people work themselves to death. Okay? They don't. They really don't. However, I think sometimes the, you know, we, we let ourselves get in that situation. So the transparency of what's on the plate and the priority. And if there's a real edge, then at least you, you tackle that front on and it, it's, it's well known. And I would say the same thing at home saying, hey, we're in this crunch period. I'm new on the job. I want to be able to, to, to put the best foot forward and getting started. I only have this one chance. And negotiating at home in, in a short time, what are some things that we can drop? What's some glass that can get broken? And we're okay with it. So again, there's no miracle cure I think the transparency, um, asking for what you need, uh, asking your family what they need, and trying to f- focus on the, the first things first for everyone is a way to kind of get through a crunch period. How's that landing? Yeah, that's that's helpful to be reminded of. Great. That's great. You've been a superstar. Before we wrap, how about one takeaway from everything that we chatted? What's your top takeaway? I think my takeaway is actually um, said it a number of times, just the the value of being transparent and sort of open with uh, your own thinking so that it can be a, a, an honest discussion with people rather than worrying about how they might react. Beautiful. Honesty is the best policy. I thank you for joining me. I appreciate you being part of the solution. You know how to reach me. If I can be of more help, you let me know. You take good care. Thank you, Molly. Okay. We are heading all the way to the West Coast to Sacramento for a bit, and I'm going to welcome Emmanuel to the show. Emmanuel, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I am curious, what conversations on your mind? Yeah, I was um, following the conversation just now about transparency, um, and um, that, you know, that, that is very key, you know, there should be transparency, especially when it has to do with um, bosses, you know, and the workers, you know. Um, the bosses should be open, you know, as to what um, decisions, you know, um, they take, you know, uh, concerning the uh, workers, you know, so the workers will have that trust that the bosses have um, um, their interests at heart, you know. So that's a good one. Yeah, so I am curious, are you, uh, in your work environment, if you had to rate the level of transparency and openness, 10 would be, wow, we're very transparent, open about everything, even the bad news. Five might be 50%. How would you rate your work environment? Uh, I would uh, rate it like, um, let's say, 50, you know, on, no, 50%, you know, uh, because there's still um, some form of trust and there's still some form of distrust. So I would just say 50%. Got it. 
Okay, I appreciate that you're being honest with that. And you know, I always like to ask, what do you think you might be able to do to improve on that? Yeah, I think um, it's not far-fetched. You know, uh, once there's transparency, everybody's open. You know, to themselves, there's uh, sound communication between all parties. I think that would um, improve. Um, improve the situation a lot, you know. Oh, for sure. So I'm going to push you a little bit because our part of the show is how can each of us be part of the solution. So can you think of one way in your job that you could help that happen? Yeah, one way I could help that happen is um, more collaboration, collaborate um, um, with, you know, the team more, you know, um, I should be more open, you know, with those I'm working with. I should have clear communication with them, and I should always be, you know, there to give any form of assistance they may require. You know, once I can do that, you know, there will be that culture of trust, that culture of um, openness and togetherness, you know. That would help a lot. Yeah, I hear you. I think that more collaboration people want that. So let me offer this yeah. for you and uh, maybe you'd share with listeners. You know, you're, we, each of us has a very unique background and not to share, you know, a whole life journey with all, all your colleagues, but the chance to share a bit about ourselves, including some of the things that have, may have been a little bit tough. Um, and I don't know how you've made your way to where you are, but, you know, we all have these really unique journeys and your ability to rather than focus on the work, but to work with employee, work with your colleagues and, and just kind of who are we in a, a human conversation can be the quickest, most effective way to opening up people's eyes to each other and seeing, you know, seeing people for who we are, not as a project manager or as a team lead or as you know, the admin. So I'll pause for a second. How does that land for you? Yeah, um, I'm more like I'm more of a scrum master than a project manager, and um, I've always worked with teams, you know, and that that has been my background. And in working with teams, you know, um, the most um, um, uh, important thing is to have good communication with them, and just like I said earlier, to collaborate with them, you know, working with them, you know, with that um, um, sense of uh, belong belongingness that means everybody doing. Um, Things together, you know, there's um, this um, um, cohesive, you know, uh, unit at play, you know, that, that, that's how, you know, it could really work and produce much more results. Yeah. I hear you wanting to uh, collaborate better and you're being open. So here's something I'm going to uh, suggest for you. And you tell me if you're willing to go there. If you work with colleagues and just say, you know, we're really focused on being better at collaborating and I want to be really more helpful to the team and say, could you give me one suggestion for how I could be more collaborative? And just ask folks for what they say. And when they give you something, and make sure they give you something, all you have to do is say thank you, and you consider it. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What, you mean what do we say or I should ask them? You ask them. Uh, yeah, you ask them one thing. I want to be better at collaborating and I would appreciate 
if you gave me one suggestion, how can I be better at collaborating with you? Okay, all right. I will okay. do that. I will do that. You do that. Yeah, I, I do. know we're short on time, but then you're going to loop back with me and let me know how it goes, my friend. You take good care, and I appreciate you being part of the solution. Thank you so much. You take care. <laughs> Love it. Okay, folks, uh, my thought for the week uh, is a wisdom from the Dalai Lama. Happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. And that's a wrap. I thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your own top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 